Afternoon from San Antonio, Texas. This is your hostess, Riley Reed. Normally I would be in Austin. I think last week I told you I was in LA. This is a very quick stop. I was just here one night. My sister was here for work, so I drove down to be with her, and it's been a really nice quick trip. She is one of the very few people I feel completely seen by, and I'm just so lucky for that. We're almost three years apart. She's younger, but I often say she's the older sister. She's just got that way. Um, today's a little different because I'm actually going to speak to you uncut. I'm not going to edit this episode. I just wanted to talk to you. Stream of conscious, this is part three of demystifying mental health medicine, and I want to talk about mindset, and I think it's important that because we're talking about mindset and because mindset oftentimes requires vulnerability and this sort of suppression of fear, I thought it would be apropos to drop my fear around saying the wrong thing or slipping up or sounding, I don't know, weird. (laughs) Um, And just like shoot it to you straight as if we were, you know, at a coffee shop having a conversation. Like this is just me and how I speak. Uh, If you are new here, the Woke Beauty podcast is... Um, an array of interviews with female visionaries who have overcome resilience and have a keen interest in mental health, holistic wellness, and personal growth. A lot of the people I interview are entrepreneurs and creatives and artists, but I don't discriminate. I think anyone in any field with any history can have a story, and that's what I really care about. I'm also interweaving my own mental health story, my discoveries and philosophies and thoughts around mental health and how I have overcome the struggles that come with living with bipolar 2 disorder. So part three, part one covered psychiatry and medication, part two covered therapy and different forms of three free therapy, not Three therapy. There's that uh, stream of conscious word mishap <laughs> that's bound to happen. Um, and part three, the last part, is going to cover mindset. The last episode, um, you know, we talked about mindfulness. And I think mindset and mindfulness, I think there's actually a discrepancy. I think mindfulness is about being aware. Um, It's about, in some ways, almost being mindless. Um, There's this detachment of ego and this, like, really special just sort of setting in, leaning in, grounding deep, Um, whereas I think mindset is just, like, it's so varied. 
It involves a lot of different aspects that are really active, like you're setting your mind. I like to flip words like that, like like history is like his story or her story. Mindset is the setting of the mind. Like what does that mean? What does it mean to set your mind? But it sounds very active. It sounds like you got to be engaged. And I think that's really true. And I... Um, I think I've always been really interested in um, just like how our minds operate and in how we have this really powerful ability to alter our minds. Like we get to decide how we think. I don't think we can always choose how we feel. I do think our emotions are more fluid. I think sometimes they're even surprising. But I do think we have control over our thoughts. And I think that's just like incredible. The fact that positive affirmations can affect how you feel, right? Like you can take a feeling and you can have effect over it with an affirmation. Like that's amazing. Growing up, I, you know, I played tennis and at one point in my adolescence, I lived in Southern Florida with um, a chaperone of sorts. I was 13, and I essentially had a roommate who could drive. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I was training like seven hours a day, and I was homeschooled, and it was a very unconventional lifestyle. But at one point in our apartment, I had taped positive affirmations to the wall to the point where like there was no white wall left (laughs) Um, and I was obsessed with the notion that like I could affect my tennis and my clinics and you know my diet choices and just like my whole journey with the way that I thought and if I taped these affirmations to the wall then that would mean that every day I would have to think a certain way Um, so this is like just always been in me you know like I've always had this curiosity and today you know there were a few topics that I thought would be especially interesting to cover because they've been on my mind I might let you know too by the way um, cedar spiked last week in Austin and it's like not left my body (laughs) Um, I've heard it can like stay in your hair and I mean come on I have an afro so like the cards are stacked against me but um if you hear like a little little different sound in my voice uh that is cedar thank you cedar (laughs) um anyway I digress so the few topics that I wanted to cover were one identity two arriving and three comparison um Identity has always been like an obsession of mine, and I think in some ways I've like not necessarily chosen that, you know. Um, I am biracial. I am also black. Um, I have thoughts and feelings and preferences that are not necessarily the norm. And, you know, I live with um, aspects of being that have required me to really like persevere and so I think those various you know entities and ways of living have compelled me to dig deeper into who I am and why I am the way I am 
The reason I'm talking about all of this, by the way, is because this is a giant aspect of mental health medicine. Um, this is maybe the biggest one. Like every other aspect I've discussed, like this can impact. You know what I mean? Like if you go get a psychiatrist, you are making a conscious decision to do that. And if you need a psychiatrist, like good for you. <laughs> like that's a big deal that you have made the conscious decision to seek that. And that is mindset. So, um, so yeah, so this is, this is big and I'm going to use like anecdotes and my own experiences as just like examples and hopefully like a platform for you to explore your own. Um, so identity, I think it's really important to consider the definition of identity. You know, I love words. Um, and so what does identity mean? And I thought about this really deeply. So I think when it comes to identity, like we have to look at how it's conceptualized. Um, and when I think of how identity is traditionally defined, I think of those forms we have to complete, you know, the ones that have like, you know, the things you got to check off and how the questions are typically surrounded around religion, sexuality, race, like literal confined preferences with answers that are dictated by whoever. But on the other hand, when I personally think of identity, I think of different components. I think of my life choices, my relationships, and the way I look. And it's not because I think that those are necessarily like the things that make me who I am, but it's because those entities have defined who I am, like by outside people, by the world around me, and therefore like by myself. But I don't really place value or worth on them. I mean, I do in relationships, actually. I think relationships are everything. Um, and I own my choices. But like the way I look, for example, it's like a big deal. You know what I mean? Like it's had a, it's had, it's had a large impact on my life. Um, and I know that deeply. And I believe that for everyone. And so like that's such a bummer. <laughs> you know what I mean? That like... The way we look, like the most boring part about us, the most boring part about us is like so important. Come on, so dumb. Anyway, um, so like I can't control the world's view. I really can't. It's not, it's not something in my power, which only yields vulnerability and, of course, lack of control. Unless I take ownership over my own narrative. Boom. <laughs> which you can do like you can decide how you see yourself and how you see yourself can have effect on how you present yourself so therefore the way I think of identity like at its core and how it functions is as expression versus introspection how I show up in the front stage of life who I am when I'm by myself or how I feel on the inside I think of privacy, parts of myself that are hidden or parts of myself that are only shared with some. Like, are private aspects more precious if they remain that way? I've thought about that a lot. And lastly, I think of mutability. I think identity is changeable. It's dynamic. And I think some people are fixed and afraid to change. And I get that. You know, they're so closely related to you know, their favorite color, right? Their favorite anything. Like, think about it. People want to know coffee or tea, cats or dogs. I'm like, why not both? You know, they, they think about working for the weekend. Like, that's actually a culture, right? 
a sport that they play, eating tacos. Like you see that in people's bios. I love tacos. <laughs> or like driving a Subaru. Like that somehow makes someone like a different type of person. And I think that's problematic. I mean, I respect if those things matter to you, but I ultimately think that they're limiting. Because one day, your favorite color might not be your favorite color anymore. One day, you might be like, you know, I don't care about cars. I want to bike everywhere. And like, I don't know if that means that you're then a different person. I think that just means you changed your preference. So I want us to think deeper about who we are. I want us to look at how we change. I want us to think about why we act differently behind closed doors versus at a party, you know? Um, and so, I don't know. I think whether we allow our identity cha to change or whether we maintain that it must be fixed, we will inevitably feel the impact that everything in life is always shifting, whether we choose it or not. And I think surrendering to that dance represents a kind of freedom and a detachment. And I think that's just fascinating. I think like changing is a form of like suffering, you know? And um, I don't mean that in like a really bleak way. Like just like, like there's a Buddhist quote that talks about how life is suffering, you know? And I mean, I, I say that with like a smile on my face because what's on the other side of suffering, oftentimes like great liberation. Like that's where we discover the meat of who we are. So all that to say, whoever you are, I encourage you to allow yourself to change and allow the things around you, the relationships around you, you know, the way you live, where you live, what you do to change. It's okay. You don't have to hold on so tightly. And I think when we can allow ourselves to do that independently, then when we come together with other people, we can celebrate the way we're different, knowing that the ways we're different will probably change anyway. And deeper connection really lies in how we speak to one another, how we love one another. I think all of those things are a result of how we love ourselves. And I don't think we can love ourselves unless we know ourselves. And that deep knowing goes beyond the preferences and the boxes we got to check off and all of the other BS that society will tell you you need to focus on. So that's identity. That's like a very brief monologue on identity. And then there's like this sense of arriving. And it came up because I was talking to my dad and I was feeling really insecure. The past couple weeks, I've been feeling pretty insecure. Um, you know, I just kind of re-entered into this podcast and I'm really working to circulate it and to involve the community. It means a lot to me. Um, speaking on these issues is just so important to me. And, you know, me coming out about my disorder took years and a lot of just deep thinking. And so, you know, it's been a big deal. And I think growth is kind of painful, you know, like you're emerging from another shell, which means you got grown it, which means you got to like break through. I mean, if you think of that in like a physical way, that's not comfortable. It's just not. So if we take that to abstract, it makes sense. 
And that's me trying to validate why I've been feeling insecure. But there's a lot of hoopla out there. There are a lot of scenes. There are a lot of egos. And I have one too. And I've essentially had to pull it outside of myself and stomp on it. (laughs) Um, And it's like, ah, like wincing, you know? But it's good because it's compelled me to remember why I'm doing what I'm doing and that all that matters is the act of doing it. And so my dad told me, I mean, my dad gives me a lot of really great advice. He's one of my teachers. And he said this one sentence that really resonated deeply. He said, Riley, you have already arrived. You have arrived. And I was like, damn, that's deep. (laughs) But I think that goes for anyone. We're so concerned that there's more, that we have to do more, we have to want more, that where we are isn't enough, it's somehow not sustainable, it's uncomfortable, it's difficult, it's hardship. But what if where you are is exactly what you want? What if it's exactly where you're meant to be? What if where you are is where you were supposed to arrive? What if you've already arrived? And when I say what if, I mean it's true. And I just really felt so much relief from that statement. Because if I've already arrived, then there's no need to fret or worry. I'm here. I'm doing it. And whatever response or lack of response or invalidation I get is pretty moot because I'm already here. And so if I really choose to lean in and what's the word that I want to use? Like bask in being here, nothing else matters. It's just unimportant. And that feels really good. Because remember, anxiety is to be detached, right? It's to be outside of the body, outside of the present. But just real talk right now, I'm sitting on a <laughs> I'm sitting on a toilet seat in a bathroom in a hotel because um, I have the bathroom door closed and it's a confined space and I didn't want you to hear the construction outside of the hotel room. I'm a little worried that you can hear the vent behind me, but um, here's hoping not because this is just unscripted and off the cuff, right? So I'm not going to edit it. Um, anyway, I digress. I have arrived here on this toilet seat. <laughs> which the lid is closed, just so you know. Um, And nothing else matters. That's it. I've arrived. I'm here. So wherever you are right now in your world, you have arrived. Good for you. You know? So my conversation with my dad was a lot longer than that, and it was really a fruitful conversation loaded with advice. But that one sentence for me 
encapsulated everything I needed to hear. And then, last, but certainly not least, when it comes to mindset for today, this is like the third aspect that I think in anyone's life, especially in this day and age, is so important to implement that ultimately comparison is the thief of joy. It will rob you of being happy. It will strip you of being content. It is so hard not to compare yourself to everyone around you. It is so hard. This coming from me in the midst of South By, one of the biggest festivals, I mean, certainly maybe the biggest festival in Austin, Um, you know, 200,000 more people in the city, events and galas and cocktail parties and concerts. And I mean, how hard is it not to think I should be there? I should be like that person. I should be more. I should have done this. Should, 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 right? And then you open up your phone and you tap on a social media app and you're like, shit, I should also be that person. I should also be what they're doing, right? It is an abyss and it is horrible. It's so depleting and exhausting and Going back to identity, right? Going back to this feeling of arrival. It does not allow those processes to actually happen. It's so distracting and disrupting. It does not serve you. It does not serve me. And therefore, I am really doing my best right now to accept and focus on that advice, on that feeling of arrival, and to pour into myself and to therefore pour in to the people around me who I love, who I cherish, and who fill me up. So, you know, I'm not going to all of the things and I'm not thinking about all of the stuff that's ultimately distracting. I'm making a conscious choice to not necessarily avoid those things because thoughts do happen. They are like those birds flying up ahead. And in order for me to fully close the loop on the thought, I have to let it enter and end. So it's not really neglect necessarily. It's just a choice to decide that the thought is just that. It's just a thought. The comparison is just that. It's just a comparison. It's not real. You can frame it however you want to. It's up to you. Your perspective is your own. It determines your reality. It's up to you. If you think that someone is better than you, you're absolutely right. If you think you haven't arrived, if you think you don't know yourself, you're absolutely right. So, you know, 
just asking you <laughs> to join me on this journey of continual self-discovery, knowing that it is just that, a journey. It will change. It will be uncomfortable. It might even be a form of suffering. But how beautiful and how lucky are we to even have the ability to be so conscious, to be so aware, to have such ownership over our minds. And so, in closing, to just wrap all of this up with a nice bow, and I don't like bows, so I try to imagine some other kind of cherry on top. Oh, let's do cherry. I do like cherries. Cherry on top. <laughs> I think it's gratitude. I think we have to choose gratitude, and it sounds corny as I say it, but I think if we can just appreciate what we have in all of who we are, that is enough. I am enough. You are enough. Thank you so much for listening to this stream of conscious. Um, Hopefully, I was clear. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not even going to listen back to this. I am literally just going to hit publish. So I appreciate you for taking the time to sit with me, stand with me, walk with me, shower with me, whatever you're doing. And I would greatly appreciate a rate and review. Share this episode with a couple people you know who you think it might resonate with. And I will see you next week, actually, for a bonus episode. I will be coming to you live from Austin, Texas, in um, an actual recording studio, not a bathroom. <laughs> and we will be streaming the episode on Instagram Live on Sunday, if you want to see us literally in, you know, in real life. Um, sort of through a screen. <laughs> um, and then the episode will publish on the podcast next Wednesday. So a little, little additional episode in there. I'm very excited to introduce you to the guest. She is one of a kind. Thank you again. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Could never say thank you enough. Remember, even if today is not that beautiful, you can still make it beautiful. Talk to you soon. Oh.